We give him praise. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Pastor Josh, you know what? We're not finished with this song. I want us to sing it again, and I want us to really realize what we're singing here. What does it mean that Jesus has given me hope? Hope for what? Do you realize how many people are living in this world, they've got no hope whatsoever? You know how many people believe that when this life is over, they're just going to go into the grave and that's it? I've got family members who believe that. That's a sad state of affairs. If I believe that this is it, that when I die, I'm going six feet under and that's all. How do I, what kind of life is that? Most miserable, Paul says, to live a life where there's no hope, to live a life where you think that this is it, that this world, that's all you see is with your eye, that's it. You just wake up, you go to work, you come home, you eat, go to bed, you deal with your problems, and then one day you're going to die and that's it. Do you know many people believe that? I don't know. Maybe some of you believe that. I, I don't know. Maybe there's somebody on Facebook that believes that. Or somebody listening, watching on YouTube. You might believe that. I tell you, my brothers and my sisters, I don't believe that. Because if I believed that, I wouldn't be standing here. You wouldn't be here in church. We have a hope, my friends. We have something to look forward to. That's what sets us apart from the rest of the world. Not only do we have hope, but we have a great expectation. An expectation and anticipation that one day the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord. I've got a great hope this morning. Let's sing it again. Let's give him all the praise. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. Sing it with all of your heart to the one who's worthy that he be praised.
shout this morning. We give you praise, oh God. Oh my goodness. Aren't you glad that Jesus can turn a drunk into a disciple? Aren't you glad he can take an apostate and turn him into an apostle? He can turn your mourning into dancing all because he's alive and he died for me and rose again. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Will you just turn around and just say, God bless you to somebody. Happy, happy Easter. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to all. What a joyous day it is today. Thank you so much. I want to welcome all of you. I want to dismiss the children up to grade six and the youth. Please, you are to remain here. We're so glad you're with us on this wonderful occasion, this wonderful time, the best time of the year as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What a joy. I remember when I was a boy. Easter was a big time for our family. Come from a Greek Orthodox background and uh, all of our family were all excited. We didn't know why we were excited, but we're all excited because we were going to have chocolates. And I, I remember I used to, my, my uncle would bring me some bunny rabbits, you know, and, uh, and uh, my cousin would prepare a lamb and they actually cook it on a spit in the backyard. And we're all excited. And, and then for me, the greatest time was, was when we'd get together and we would break eggs. I don't know, some of you might know that, you know, all the eggs would be purple and red and green and we would break eggs and, and I, I wanted to win. There was a contest and, and you know, and, if, and if, the, if the egg lasted and beat everybody else, then you'd get a certain prize, you know, and, and this to me was Easter. It was a fun time, you know. I, and then the, never understood what Easter was. I thought it was just a, a time of fun and we would have certain breads that the Greeks would have called pita and we would eat together. And, if, and, and, and one of the highlights was that in this bread, there was some money in there and then if you'd, you'd have a certain piece and if you got, if you got the piece that had a, a quarter, and that was a lot of money when I was a kid, a quarter. I mean, you, you, you won the grand prize. I mean, that was it. You're really celebrating Easter. That was a great time of celebration, let me tell you. Yeah, that was my Easter experience. And, and the sad thing is, I, I never knew what Easter was all about. And I found out that I wasn't the only one. There was a survey done about 30 years ago in the UK. And in this survey, they asked a question. They asked, why do people celebrate Easter? This is in the UK, the British Isles. You have Scotland, you've got England, you've got Wales, you've got Ireland. Why do you celebrate Easter? 60%, 60% of the people surveyed did not know why they celebrate Easter. As I mentioned to you, they thought it was just chocolates, Easter eggs, and bunny rabbits. 
This is the UK. Now why is this so amazing? It's amazing because brothers and sisters, some of the greatest revivals have come out of the UK. The greatest revival of all time came out of, out of Wales in 1905. Some of the greatest men of God lived in the UK. Men like Wesley and his brother Charles Wesley. John Knox. Men who started denominations like the Presbyterian movement. The Methodist movement. Forms of the Baptist movement. Wesleyan movements. Great men of God. Charles Spurgeon, William Booth, who started the Salvation Army, Whitfield, some of the greatest men of God that ever lived, proclaiming the Word of God, came out of the British Isles. 60% don't know why they celebrate Easter. What a travesty. And despite all of this great history, today in the UK, there are still people who don't know why they celebrate Easter. I was watching a documentary in Ireland alone. The tragedy of the empty church. In our, now I know most of it is Catholic. Today, hardly anybody goes to church in Ireland. You can do your research. The churches are empty. Catholic churches primarily, Protestant churches... And we see this quite a bit throughout the British Isles and parts of Europe. We see people no longer interested in spiritual matters. We don't have to look too far. We look in our own nation of Canada, how things are changing. But this shouldn't surprise us, brothers and sisters, should it? Why? Did not Jesus say in the last days, men's hearts will be getting colder and colder and colder? Do we not see that today? A sign of the last days? Did not the Apostle Paul say that in the last days that many shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits? Did not the Apostle Paul say that there will be a great falling away before the Antichrist comes on the scene? And we're seeing that today. We're seeing denominations shriveling up. We see men of God, supposed men of God who are falling away, departing from the faith. We see uh, the word of God becoming diluted more and more each and every year. Less importance of preaching the word of God. We're seeing a hardness in the hearts of men like we've never seen before. And we need to ask ourselves, why will we have the answer? The hearts of men are getting colder and colder. And we're seeing these signs coming about us today like never before, the signs of the times. And that's not my message today. I wish I had more time to even give you a bit of a description of what that means. But I want to talk about the greatest event that ever took place in all of human history. This morning, I want to declare to you, brothers and sisters, why we celebrate Easter. I know that most of the world doesn't know why they celebrate Easter, but I want to declare to you this morning here at Logos on Facebook and YouTube that I know why we celebrate Easter. And the question is, do you know why?
we celebrate Easter. What is Easter? What is the significance of Easter? My text is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 to 20. I want to welcome all of you on Facebook and YouTube here at Logos. We're so glad you're with us, all of our visitor and friends. What a joy it is to see every one of you today. Thank you for joining with us. The Bible says, now if, notice, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and you are in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep or dead in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable but now but now is Christ present participle risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that sleep first fruits of them that sleep I asked you, do we know why we celebrate Easter? Yet, brothers and sisters, year after year, churches are filled on Easter. Throughout the year, they're not filled, but during Easter, they are. Christmas, they are. And they come to celebrate Easter. But many people who come to the churches on Easter don't know why they celebrate Easter. They might come for different reasons. Wouldn't it be futile, my friend, to attend an Easter service, one like today, and yet miss, miss out, to miss what, re- what Easter is really all about? Yet how many people attend the services year after year, Easter after Easter, and still don't know why they celebrate Easter. Easter is not an event. Easter is an experience. You must experience Easter. Easter isn't just coming to church and hearing a sermon that Jesus rose from the dead. You can hear many sermons like that and still not know what Easter is all about. This morning, by the grace of God, we're going to go deeper so that we can fully understand what is the significance of Easter. Years ago, there was a theologian. Where? From England. Of course, from England. 
a great theologian, and his name was Malcolm Mugridge. Yeah, yeah, he graduated from Cambridge, even parts of Oxford as well. He was a well-known theologian. They considered him to have one of the highest IQs. Oh, he was extremely intelligent. Malcolm Mugridge also claimed to be a theologian. And what Malcolm Mugridge said is very important. He said, whether the resurrection happened or not, what does it matter? So Mr. Mulgridge said, oh yeah, all this years of study and all of his intellect, he came to the result and to the reality of his own thinking, and he said, you know what, does it really matter if Jesus rose from the dead? Does it really matter that Jesus rose from the dead? He said also, I quote, whether Christ's body was stolen or whether he rose, does it really matter? Does it matter that Jesus rose from the dead? Well, Mr. Mulgridge, you've gone now. You're not around anymore, but if you were alive, I'd look at you right in the eyes and I would say, Mr. Mulgridge, let me tell you, it does matter. In fact, it makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the world. Many of you heard of Larry King. Used to be an anchor on CNN. A fellow anchorman asked him a question years ago while he was uh, on air, on TV. This is maybe 30 years ago, 40, I'm not sure how many years ago, 25 years ago. Asked him a question, said, said, Larry King, asked him, if there's anybody you can interview, who would you interview? Past, present, future? And Larry King, without any hesitation, said, Jesus. And the anchor man said, well, why would you interview Jesus? What is it about Jesus? Why, why Jesus? Larry King said, I would interview Jesus before any other man then he said why would you interview Jesus and Larry King said I'll tell you why because the answer to this question would make all the difference and what would be the question I would ask him if he really rose from the dead why would you ask him that he said because because if he did then it would make all the difference in the world. This is Larry King. It would make all the difference in the world. And this is what Paul is saying in our text this morning. If Jesus stayed in the tomb, then Christianity is just a hoax. And our faith is in vain. Paul uses the word vain twice. Vain. It's a very interesting word, this word vain. I'll tell you about it a little bit later. Vain. It is vain. If, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then Christianity is a hoax and our faith is in vain. And I want to expand on that and give you some principles that begin with M this morning. And the first thing I want to share with you is that if Christ did not rise from, our, from the dead, then our faith, number one, is absolutely meaningless. Notice verses 13 and 14. Notice verses 13 and 14. Look what the Bible says. It says here, 
But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ, what is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain and your faith is also vain, mean, meaningless. There's nothing to say. Nothing can affect our lives. Then, then our faith and our teaching would be just another religion. A list of do's and don'ts. Our faith would be empty. It's just a philosophy. Just another teaching. Just another religion with no power. No life changing ability. It would be meaningless to change people's lives. If Christ did not rise from the dead, number two, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then our faith is a mistake, verses 14 to 17. Notice the word vain. The Greek word vain means futile. A mistake. Lathos, the Greek word. Lathos means mistake. You're in error. You're in living a lie you're living something that is not true it's futile lathos empty not true at all but Paul is saying look it's the resurrection that sets Jesus apart from everything else is there anyone who can actually predict his death and resurrection is there anybody who can say I will die and I will rise again? Is there anybody, has anybody ever said that before? If someone said that to you, I'm sure you thought they'd lose their minds and that's what people thought when Jesus said that would take place. Nobody has ever said such things. His death and his resurrection sets him apart from everything else. You see, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, all we would have is just another teaching with no substance. But because Jesus rose from the dead, he brings a certain relationship that other religions cannot bring. In John, John tells us in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, this is after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In Revelation chapter 3, the 20th verse, the Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door. The door speaks of your heart, and I'm knocking at your door. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him, and I will sup with him, and he with me. What Jesus is saying is after he rose from the dead, he's coming to your heart. He's trying to speak to you. He's trying to bring you something beyond the lists of do's and don't he wants to bring a relationship with you that's the difference between Christianity and the religions of this world what we have through Christ is intimacy what we have through Christ is is a certain relationship that we don't experience anywhere else it's something much deeper something that's profound it's what Jesus said in John 14 21 says if you obey my words and you obey my commandments what that this proves that you love me and then he says I will manifest myself to you I will reveal myself to you what sets us apart from the rest of the world is that we can have an intimacy through the Holy Spirit with Christ that no one else can offer that no other teaching can offer all because of the resurrection and now he says I no longer call you slaves I no longer call you servants I call you friends John 15 this is only possible because of the resurrection. Something took place when Jesus rose from the dead. 
You see, Jesus didn't come to make us religious. He didn't come to make you religious. He came to make you alive, to set you free. He didn't come to make good men better. That's religion, making good men better. Religion will give you a philosophy, a teaching that will help you live a certain way. And we say that's great. That's what religion does. It attempts to make you better. That's what Buddhism teaches, reaching a state of nirvana. Certain religions that give you certain codes and certain prescriptions on how to, lists of how to, what to do. Religion loves to do that, how you should do this, how you should do that. He didn't come to make good men better. He came to make dead men live. He came to make dead men live. I've come to bring life and to give it more abundantly, Jesus said. The abundant life, the Greek word zoe, which speaks of abundant life, actually speaks of a zoo. That's what zoe means, zoe. Zoe, zoo, when you go to a zoo, you see many different animals. There's an abundance of life. This is what Jesus offers, gives to those who give their life to Christ. Abundant life, zoe, life, true life. You can't find true life in religion. Only through Christ, only through the resurrected Christ can you experience life. He came to make dead Men live. Paul said, Christ in me, my hope in glory. I am crucified in Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I, but Christ that liveth in me. Only Jesus promises to live in you. No other religion can do that. Only Jesus promises to give you life abundant life and so my friends if the resurrection didn't happen my first M your faith is meaningless my second M your faith is a mistake but number three if Christ didn't rise from the dead then your faith is a misrepresentation notice verse 15 a misrepresentation what do we see here yea and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that raised up Christ whom he raised not up if so that the dead rise not we have been false we're a false witness if Christ didn't rise from the dead I'm a false prophet you're a false prophet everything is false if Jesus didn't rise from the dead then he's a liar and my faith is a lie So important is the resurrection. For if Jesus is still in the grave, then we are all misinformed and Jesus' words are not true. And what he said in John 11 is not true when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. 
all of this is not true the Bible's not true Christianity's not true and so Malcolm Mulgridge I beg to differ what makes the difference it makes all the difference in the world we are deceived if Jesus didn't rise from the dead we are misguided if Jesus didn't rise from the dead number four if Jesus didn't rise and there's no resurrection and our faith would be a mockery verse 18 our faith would be a mockery look what the Bible says then they also which have fallen asleep in Christ are perished it's a mockery if this life only we have hope in Christ we are all men most miserable it is a mockery we are miserable something isn't right we've been misguided see if Jesus didn't rise then the grave is final I want to say, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, watch this now, the grave is final. When I die and I go six feet underground, that's it. That's it. There's no other hope. There's no other way. That's it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if Jesus didn't die? That means when I die, I'm going in the grave and that's it. There's no tomorrow. There's no future. Am I no wonder I'm going to be, of course I'm going to be miserable. Of course I'm going to be discouraged. That's it. The grave is final. There's no hope for tomorrow. There's no eternity the grave is final no destiny I've got no destiny the entire Bible's wrong Jeremiah chapter 29 is wrong when he says that God has given you an expected end the Bible is wrong in Ecclesiastes 3 that God has put eternity in your hearts the Bible's wrong everything I know about God is wrong everything I know about Jesus is wrong Death is final. Can you imagine if you believed that death is final? I have an uncle who believes that. When my grandfather passed away in the 80s. I went to his funeral. And I tell your friends, it was one of the most disturbing funerals I've ever attended in my entire life. My papu, my grandfather passed away and I tell you my aunt one of them in particular boy at the funeral she was crying crying and crying in the, in the most I, I've, never, I've never heard cries like this it was almost indescribable unconscionable the cries that she cried and, 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 and I looked into her and, and, and I saw her face I'm a Christian now I'm a believer now at this point and I saw her face and I saw such despair I what I saw what I saw in my aunt was that the grave was final that she would never see her dad again and it it devastated her she had no hope for tomorrow she had no hope for the future she truly believed that that's it that's it the grave is final and she cried with such agony and such pain I never forgot that as long as I live see my aunt didn't believe she didn't believe that there's an eternity she didn't believe that she would see her dad again she believed the grave was final and it broke her heart 
but she's wrong my brothers and sisters there is hope Paul said verse 20 but now Christ is risen from the dead and he's become our first fruits and what first fruits means is that Jesus was the first to rise from the dead but that others will follow others will follow him he is the first fruits others will follow him no no Jesus rose they didn't steal his body he wasn't unconscious on the cross like some skeptics believe no he wasn't unconscious at all no he died he really died he physically died and then he rose from the dead and this is the one that John saw on the Isle of Patmos if you can show Revelation chapter 1 please my Revelation chapter 1 notice verse number 10 I want you to see the resurrected Christ that John the Apostle saw on the Isle of Patmos John writes his letter probably on 90 AD says I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet Jesus has died and now he's resurrected and this voice said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in the book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, Ephesus and Smyrna, and to Pergamos, and to, and to Thyatira and Sardis, Philadelphia and to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spoke to me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, girded about with paps of golden girdle. His head was hairs were like white wool, white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as a sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, for ego ime, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. I died on the cross, John, but I rose again. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of hell and of death. John saw the resurrected Christ. You see, Jesus' resurrection from the grave is the guarantee for others that we too will rise from the dead. This brings hope. This gives hope. Yes, others can come out of the grave. What hope? What expectation? If there's no resurrection, there's no hope. There's no eternity. Just a dark grave six feet into the earth. We won't see our loved ones, loved ones who passed away. I won't be able to give any hope to somebody who's hurting. I won't be able to encourage someone that's going through a hard time. I don't know what to preach when I'm invited to minister at a funeral what can I preach at a funeral when someone's passed away if I've got no hope that one day they will be with God if they're a believer what hope is there at any funeral if I don't believe that there's a God who rose from the dead 
Oh, I got to read it. I got to read it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. One of the greatest verses. But I would not have you to be ignorant friends. And I say this to you. Those on Facebook. Those on YouTube. I would not have you to be ignorant. Concerning them which are dead. With those who are sleeping. That Watch this now. That ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. What does that mean? Don't be so sorrowful. The world cries when somebody dies. The world like my aunt was crying because she believed the grave was was final. Listen, 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 listen. Ye that are sorrow, don't sorrow as others who have no hope. Yes, we as Christians, when we lose loved ones, we will grieve. There will be pain. There will be sorrow. We miss them because we won't see them in the natural. But we don't sorrow like the world sorrows. Why don't we sorrow like the world sorrow? Why don't we grieve like the rest of the world grieves. We don't grieve like the rest of the world grieves because we have hope that one day we're going to see our loved ones. One day we're going to see those who have passed on before us. That one day I'm going to see my beloved sister. One day I'm going to see my mother. One day I'm going to see my dad. I don't have sorrow like the world sorrows. They grieve because the grave is final. No, 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 no. I grieve because I miss you. But I, I have hope. I have hope. You see, if there's no resurrection, then Easter is just a foolish festival. And the bunny rabbit is real. And Easter eggs make a lot of sense. (laughs) Yes, a lot of sense. Like I did when I was a boy. Look, brothers and sisters, if I didn't believe in the resurrection, honestly, I tell you, I would never preach one message. Not one. I'd give up, I'd throw in the towel a long time ago because I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know what to say to people. What can I say to somebody who's hurting? What can I say to a man in the hospital who's about to die What can I possibly say to him that would give him any hope if I didn't believe in the resurrection? I wouldn't know what to say to those who've lost loved ones because I would have no conviction. But when I preached at my mother's funeral, I knew what to say to my children and to others that were there. When I preached at my mother-in-law's funeral not too long ago, I knew what to say. I had a conviction. And when I preached at my father's funeral 13, 12 years ago, I knew what to say. When I preached at my sister's funeral in 1998, I knew what to say. Let me ask you, Do you know what to say? Do you know what to say? In this lost and dying world that are looking for answers, looking for solutions. 
The world's gone crazy. And now we've got drag queens teaching our children how to live. And we've got our Prime Minister Trudeau, who's now sponsoring drag queen clubs for kids 7 to 12-year-olds, and now from 12 to 17, teaching them how to be good drag queens, spending taxpayers' money. This is our hope, he says. This is what we need to do. Who's going to take a stand for righteousness today? Who has the answer for a hurting world? Do you have conviction, my friends? Do you know who you believe in? And I've said this before, and it's not original, but somebody said this. See, the problem with the world is not sin. That's a problem, but it's not the problem. The problem in the world today, friends, is a lack of conviction. Conviction. What do you believe? And are you living what you believe? Are you living the life that God wants you to live? Do you have that conviction to know the difference between right or wrong? Or has the world crept into the church so deeply and powerfully that we don't even know the difference anymore between a Christian and an unbeliever? Is that what's happening today in our world? Where is the conviction to believe? I remember when I visited my sister when she was about to die in the hospital. And um, she said to me, just before she died, maybe 10 minutes before she died, she looked at me, she said, Dino, don't worry, she said to me. Don't worry. Don't be too sad. Because Dino... I'm going to see you soon. And you'll see me soon. That's what she told me. She could hardly speak. She was so sick. Her body was enveloped in the vortex of cancer. She could hardly speak. She went through so much chemo. She had no hair or nothing. She was, she looked at me. Don't worry, Tino. I'm going to see you. On her fridge, when she passed, there was a scripture. And I'm going to read it for you. This is what my sister believed. And it's found in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. My sister had this written on her fridge. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. What does this mean, my friend? That the suffering that I'm going through, the cancer, the pain, the heartache, whatever it might be, all these, the calamities of life, 
whatever it might be that you're going through. And my sister suffered tremendously, raked with cancer. Her husband didn't care for her, left her in agony. The sufferings that she went through, she can look at me with convictions. It's okay, it doesn't matter what I'm going through because one day I'm going to be with God and one day, Dino, you're going to be with me. I have a hope that the grave is not final, that one day I will be with him and that's what kept her going. That's my hope. That's my hope. Hallelujah. You see, friends, this is the reality of Easter. This is the reality that gave my sister hope, that gives me hope. Because without hope, do we really have any reason to live? I, 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 why do you think suicide is so high? No hope. Every person who's committed suicide has committed suicide basically because that person sees no hope. Listen, if Easter is not true, then our faith rises on wings that are broken and we stumble into a state of oblivion, my friend. No hope for tomorrow. No expected end. And we would never be able to sing because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I know he holds the and life is worth the living just because if I didn't have any hope, I could never sing this song. But I can't sing it. I can sing it. Because I believe it. Because he lives. I can face tomorrow. This is what Paul is saying. The resurrection is true. It's not a lie. It's not lathos. It's not a lie. But I'm here this morning to declare to you, to all those on Facebook and YouTube and here in this church, that Easter is not about a bunny rabbit. No, no, no. It's about the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's a Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, who died on a cross, but who rose again and is coming back again. This is what Jesus said in John 14 as he looked to his disciples. He said, I go to prepare a place for you if it was not true I wouldn't have told you but it is true and where I go where I go you will go also you're coming with me you're coming with me this is true this is true you're coming with me and so Malcolm Mulgridge you said why and what matters if the resurrection is true or not oh it makes all the difference in the world all the difference number five then my friends if Christ didn't rise from the dead then we are absolutely miserable 
That's what verse 19 says. We are most miserable. Not only meaningless, a mistake, misrepresentation, a mockery, but I'm in a state of misery. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no assurance. There's no anticipation. Listen, brothers and sisters, I got to tell you this. Listen, we as believers, I'm not talking about personalities. I know we all have different personalities. But the bottom line is this. If you are a true believer in Christ, then there should be joy that rises up in your soul. There's got to be a joy. I'm not talking about a laughter, ha ha, he he. I'm not talking about this nonsense. I'm talking about a real joy that's deep in your soul. A joy that cannot be bought or earned. A joy that comes through a relationship with Christ. Why is that? Because there's a hope and there's an anticipation and that gives birth to joy. A joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. You can't be miserable if you're a believer. It's impossible to be a believer and not have joy. You can have pain, you can have anguish, you can go through a lot of things, but not to have joy. It's impossible. It's impossible. Paul says we'd be the most miserable. Why? Because you believe. You believe. You believe. Something speaking to you. You know it's true. You know it's true. You have a sense of expectation. If Jesus didn't rise and we are going back, no hope for the future. We'll never be able to sing Blessed Assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine heir of salvation purchased of God born of his spirit oh I'm born again and I gotta sing this is my this is my Praising my Savior, this is my story. Praising I won't be able to sing that. I can't sing it. If I didn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Ah, but because I believe. I got a story. I've got a song that's not based on circumstances like Job said in Job 35.10. The Bible says that he gives me songs in the night. Songs in the night. God can give me a song in the night when I'm hurting and I'm in pain. God gives me a song in the night when the bills are mounting, when the rent is due and I can't pay it. God gives me a song in the night when all hell is breaking loose. You know why I got a song? Because God rose from the dead and he's put a joy in my heart that I'm 
not going to be governed by what I see anymore because it's a joy unspeakable and full of glory it's not based on the natural realm it's based on him it's based on his resurrection it's based on the fruit that he gives me it's based on my relationship with God I got a story I got assurance you see Paul is saying without the resurrection your faith is dead and so Malcolm Mulgridge you're wrong Mr. Progressive Christian who tells me there's no hell there's no heaven this Mr. Progressive Christian maybe you're on YouTube and you're listening to me you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong there is a Christ and you said he hasn't risen from the dead you're wrong again he rose from the dead and by the way you're wrong again because he's coming back to receive you he's coming back to receive me he's coming again he's coming again all because of the resurrection all because of the resurrection so Mr. Malcolm Mulgridge you are wrong because it does matter if Jesus rose from again hey what does it matter you say it makes all the difference in the world if there's no resurrection then there's no meaning to life there's no purpose and we are left to struggle in this world to fill this empty cavity with nothing to put in how many people are trying to fill the empty cavity trying to put in things let put some drugs in there let me put some booze in there let me put some nightlife in there let me put some kind of extravagance in there I gotta fill this empty cavity I've gotta fill it because I'm miserable I need something to fill this cavity so let me do something over here if I can just obtain or maybe I can get it through a person maybe Maybe if I can meet the right person, maybe that cavity could be filled. Maybe if I can do something to fill the cavity, then I can finally find peace. No, you won't find peace because joy doesn't come through a person, or through an object, through something physical. It only comes from the one who died and rose again and is coming again. If there's no resurrection, I will struggle for the rest of my life trying to fill my pain with something. But God, God has put, what? Eternity in my heart. And what that means in Ecclesiastes, my friends, is that God has put something in us that's beyond the natural realm. God has put something in me that's beyond even description. Eternity speaks of the spirit, that God put his spirit in me, which gives birth to hope for the same spirit that was in Jesus, the same spirit that caused Jesus to rise from the dead also lives in me this gives me hope gives me purpose why do you think the disciples when Jesus said in John 14 I'm going to prepare a place for me for you and for others this you know he says you know this they didn't know they weren't taught this aside from they didn't go to school to understand this they knew this and understood this because the spirit spoke to them and bore witness to their hearts that this was true. It's the Spirit of God 
that gives you the revelation, the spirit of God that is in you. That's what eternity is that causes you to believe that there's more to this world than what meets the eye. Eternity in us, the spirit of God that lives in us, the same spirit that was in Jesus lives in me, lives in me. Oh my friends, listen, listen carefully please. You can't expect God to be the source of your peace. You can't expect God to be the source of your peace if the world is the source of your expectation. It doesn't happen. And that's the problem when you're serving the world and your world's expectation and the things of this world gives you expectation and the things of this world gives you hope. You'll never be able to experience a peace that comes only from God because he's not your source. The world's your source. And if the world is your source, you are most miserable. If the world is your source, you will never be fulfilled. If the world is your source, you will never have joy. If the world is your source, you might be happy, but happiness doesn't last. Happiness is like the tides in the ocean. Happiness is like a wave in the ocean. One time it's high tide, the next time it's low tide. You got a high wave, you got a low wave. You're up and down. Happiness is like a roller coaster, up and down. Happiness is like a seesaw, up and down, based on circumstances, based on events, based on events. And so let me be happy, let me go to this event. Let me be happy, let me take this drug. Let me be happy, let me do this. Ah, oh, but the next day I'm down again. Let me be happy, let me get up again. Let me do this, let me take. And a constant seesaw of activity that leads to emptiness. But peace I leave with you. My peace, the Greek word is irini which means to soothe and to calm. Only Jesus can soothe your soul. Only Jesus can calm your soul. Peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. The world's peace doesn't last. You see, friends, we don't have to live in fear anymore because he lives I can face tomorrow. I don't have to live in fear that someone's going to push a button and some kind of nuclear disaster will take place. We don't have to live in fear and an ambiguity that some pandemic will come and destroy all of humanity. And I know we've gone through COVID and I understand the precautions we needed to take. But I tell you, friends, I've seen it. Some people begin to trust more in their hand sanitizer and their mask than they do God. Now, I'm not saying not to wear a mask. I'm not saying that, please. I'm only saying what has happened to us. Well, we now trust more in hand sanitizer than we do God? Is that what we've come to? I don't have to live in fear. He set me free from fear. Fear plagues me, destroys me, brings me down. No, 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 no. We can live and leave everything to God. You see, what is peace? Trusting God. What is peace? Knowing that God is in control. 
despite the pain, despite the pandemics, despite the calamities, despite the barbarities, I can trust in God. He's in control. That brings a peace. The resurrected Christ gives me peace. The resurrected Christ gives me hope. The resurrected Christ helps me to keep going and going and going. I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to live in this torment. I don't have to live looking behind my back to see if there's anybody following me. I don't have to live walking on eggshells anymore. From the sun sets free is free indeed. I trust in God. My future's in his hands. My future's in his hand. Not the presidents. Listen, the presidents don't bring revival. Repentance brings revival. I don't need to put my hope in Trudeau or any dough. I trust in God. My trust is in God. That was just for free, by the way. I don't, I don't, I don't charge on that one. I got a peace. Because you know what? Can I sing another one? He's got the whole. He's got the whole. In his hands, he's got the world. He's got the whole world in it. He's got you and me, brother. He's got. Do you believe that? So why do you live in fear? Why do you live in fear? He's got the whole world, gives me hope in his hands, brings peace. For the name of the Lord is a mighty tower and the righteous runneth unto it and are safe. I'm safe. And so Paul concludes and says, but now is Christ risen from the dead. All the ifs are erased. It's a fait accompli. It's done. He came out of the grave. The tomb is empty. He only bored it for a weekend. Did you know that? Just for a weekend. It's empty. Teliosa. It's done. His promises are yes and amen. His word is true. I've got his signature. I've got his signature. I got his word. One of the great stories, a true story of a, a minor in, I believe it was somewhere in Virginia in the United States. True story. You got you to listen to this one. Oh, you won't forget this story. There was a pastor there working in the mines with others. He had a small congregation that didn't pay him much. He needed to work. He's working in the mines and uh, the miners weren't getting paid. And so they went to see the pastor because the pastor is a good guy, you know, and they liked him. They said, Pastor, can you go tell the owner? 
he got, he's got to start paying us. There's something weird here. We're not working for free. We've got families to feed. The pastor says, okay, I'll, I'll, go, see, I'll go see the owner. So he went, he went to speak to the owner about the wages of the men. The owner said to him, you're right. I, it's been tough, but I'm going to do my best. The owner took a paper bag. Stay with me. He took a paper bag. This is the owner. Took a paper bag and signed it. And then told the preacher to go to the bank. To go to the bank. To go to the bank and that they will give you the money so you can pay the men on my behalf. Now the preacher had a lot of faith, but he said, now wait a minute. You want me to take a paper bag that you signed and bring it to, true story, and bring it to the bank and, and, and they're going to give me money? because of this paper bag? He says, yeah. Let me sign it, and you go. The preacher said, okay. Didn't make sense to him, but he said, okay. But before he left, he said, uh, I, 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 are you sure this is going to work? It doesn't make sense to me. And the owner said, quote, you see, he said, it's not the bag that matters. It's the signature that matters. It's not the bag that matters, Mr. Preacher. It's the signature. Well, brothers and sisters, I'm here to declare to you on this Easter morning, we have the greatest signature of all time. The words of Jesus who said, on the third day I will rise we have the words of Jesus says, I'm coming back to receive you we have the word of Jesus who said I've gone to prepare a place for you we have the signature we have his word that he rose from the dead and he's coming back again he's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent no 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 friends the tomb is empty but his promises are not with approximately 4,000 watch this now 4,300 different religions 4,300 different religions that we have here on earth I'm here to declare to you I'm here to declare to you that there's only one that has an empty tomb. There's only one that has an empty tomb. 430. Only one. Only one. Has an empty tomb. Listen, 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 listen. listen. I got to close, but listen, listen, listen. The founder of Buddhism, Buddha, died in India, 483 BC. But if you go to his tomb in India, you will find his bones there. The founder of Confucianism, Confucius, died in China. 479 BC 479 BC but if you go to his tomb you will find his bones there Krishna died in 1534 but if you go to his bones you'll find his bones in the tomb where he lays in China you'll find him right there June the 8th AD 632 in Medina Mohammed the prophet died founder of Islam but if you go to Medina and you go to his tomb I promise you you'll find his bones there ah but there's another name there is a name that is above every other name and this name you'll find healing and this name 
you'll find deliverance. In this name, you'll find forgiveness. In this name, you'll find hope. In this name, you will find a resurrection. And if you go to Israel, to the tomb that Joseph laid him, as he embalmed him with fine linen, if you go to that tomb, if you go to that tomb, you will not find his bones. Why? Because the tomb is empty. Why? Because he rose from the dead. And as I said earlier in my message, and now because of the resurrection, a drunk can become a disciple. And now because of the resurrection, I repeat, an apostate can become an apostle. I repeat, your mourning can be turned into dancing. All because of the resurrection. All be Why? Because he rose. He rose from the dead. And now, and now friends, we have victory over the grave. We have victory. Death is no longer alive. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? He's alive. Death has been defeated. The devil's been defeated. The devil is nothing but a lying snake. I say a snake. Why do you say a snake, pastor? A snake, a snake. You know, the, you know, there's something about snakes. The thing about snakes is that they have no arms and they have no feet. That's because Satan has been disarmed and defeated. No arms, no feet. Jesus defeated him on the cross and when he rose from the dead he's alive and I'm forgiven heaven's gates are open wide friends because he rose from the dead you will rise let's all stand together please let us rise together before a mighty God who's worthy to be praised Every head bowed just for a moment. And I want you to look deep within your own hearts, all of us, this morning, those on Facebook and YouTube, please. We're going to have the praise team sing this verse or two, and then we're all going to join. But, be, but look deep within your hearts and just ask yourselves Do I really know what Easter is all about? Just ask yourself that. Do I really know? And if you don't know, please, I implore you by the mercies of God, don't let another Easter service go by without experiencing the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ.